0: Good day everyone and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today my special guests are Marcus and Sheila Gillette and we'll be talking about their new book The Art of Relationship Discover the Magic of Unconditional Love. Relationships are the most universal thread of the human experience. Our collective understanding of them rarely calls for us to question what we know to be true. But what if our relationships are not actually bound by the absolute truth but by the absolute that we as humans have placed upon them? What if there was a simple way to achieve a permanent state of unconditional love? In this heart opening book, Marcus and Sheila led through the wisdom of channeled through the wisdom channeled from the archangelic guide known as Theo reveals a remarkable paradigm shift that illuminates a simpler path to relationship success. Sheila and Marcus Gillette are the co-founders of the CEO Group, an organization dedicated to sharing the wisdom teachings of CEO. Speaking directly through, through Sheila, CEO is here to guide humanity during this unprecedented shift to a higher state of consciousness. For more information, you can visit the website askco.com, that's dot ocom And with that, I'd like to welcome Marcus and Sheila to the show. Good day, folks.
1: Hi, good. it's good to be with you. Yeah, good day, Robert. It's nice to be here with you. Thank you.
0: I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to our conversation, and, and I have to say that I, you know, in the 30-plus years that I've been around the metaphysical realm. Theo has has popped up every now and then, so um, though I haven't had the chance to speak with you before. So, I'm really looking forward to, to um, you know, talking about that and, and, and also this new book. But I, I'd like to start with um, Sheila. Sheila, now, you have been channeling CO for quite some time. So, and, and you were doing that before you met Marcus. So, would you mind sharing with the listeners just, you know, how and when that communication began?
2: In 1969, I had a near-death experience. I had pulmonary embolus That What that is is that blood clots go into the veins of your lungs, and burst and so you drown. <laughs> Basically, your your lungs are non-functional and my lungs were full of fluid and I could not breathe. I was in an intensive care room and I was saying to God, "Hey, give me a job. I just had a baby and I wanted to be on the planet for my children." So I just kept bargaining, if you would. I will do anything. And this was a time where my family was being prepared for my imminent death because uh, the doctors were saying I wouldn't live through the day. But I just kept saying that like my mantra, and the room, the cubicle in intensive care that I was in became extremely bright, And it was as if the sun had risen in the room itself. And I saw movement at the end of my bed. And when I looked at the end of my bed, Jesus was standing there. And in that moment, as you can imagine, I was like, oh, hello. (laughs) And I, I was mesmerized by his hazel green eyes and the warmth and love in those eyes. And he crossed his arms inside the sleeves that were a a draped sleeve. And when he did so, he smiled. And when he smiled, I heard in my inner mind hearing, like we hear our own thoughts, as Mm -hmm. a distinct male voice say to me, remember, my child, you are loved. At that point, I felt this warmth start seeping down inside me, in every cell. And as it went through the trunk of my body, I felt as if I could take a deep breath.
1: Now, remember, I thought
2: I had an elephant sitting on me. My lungs were not functioning. I couldn't breathe. But at that point, I felt... A deep breath and so what I realized is I had a miraculous healing similar things the bright light all all of this of the lineage of of blitz of what people experience in near death experiences I had several of those but I really believe it was a healing purposefully because I started getting better mm. and I was in the hospital for a month and when I got home, about six months later, I started having all kinds of psychic phenomena happening externally, internally, all around me. And I could hear messages as I heard Jesus' voice that day. And then I spontaneously. this all happened very quickly, but I could do automatic writing. And then I transpontaneously and became... A direct voice transmedium for archangels. And Theo has been with me for now five decades, teaching all okay. of us.
0: That's cool. a long relationship. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it
2: sure is. And I've watched, you know, I've watched over these these years, about every 10 years, there's this huge wave of people waking up and having their own experiences, their own intuitive gifts blossoming, their own psychic abilities expanding. And this is who we are. We're spiritual beings having a human experience rather than human beings having a spiritual experience. And that's what mm-hmm. Theo has been teaching us all these years.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to want to talk a little bit more about Theo in a second. But now, Markit, you entered the picture. Tell us about, you know, how you know, how it is that, that you came into contact with Sheila and then forged this path together.
1: Well, that's a good question, Robert. It kind of has an interesting story, which I'll give you the reader's, Digest version of right now, but um, I actually met a woman uh, in, a grocery, uh, in a grocery store parking lot who became who ended up becoming a friend of mine uh, who had a mutual friend of, of hers. Well, who we had a friend of hers in Santa Fe, New Mexico, who was Sheila, and she gave me Sheila's first book. Uh, the Fifth Dimension Channels to a New Reality. This was in 1995. And in 1997, she came – and we go into great detail in the book about some of the magic and the synchronicities that happened for us to get together. But she came to town in 1997. I was living in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, and she came to town to do a couple of speaking engagements. And I got a phone call uh, from our mutual friend who said, would you like to meet Sheila socially before – We go see her on Friday night, and I said absolutely. And we did that. I got a chance to meet her and to tell and have a glass of wine with her at the Phoenician Resort. We uh, had a nice connection. Went went and saw her the next night. Uh, Had a private session with Theo a couple of days later, which was really special. I was just blown away by, by Theo, and as I had been by the content in her first book was life changing. And uh, we became friends, and then we went on a camping trip in the, uh, to the Havasupai Indian Reservation at the bottom of the Grand Canyon about a month later for five days, and we came out from our first quote-unquote date. And I'm not sure, Robert, that I would recommend to your listeners to go on a camping trip for five days on your first date, but that's what we decided to do. And uh, we literally came back out. We uh, had a, a a group of friends over to meet Sheila and Theo uh the next night that we came back from uh, our camping trip. And then uh later that night we were sitting outside and I, I just looked at her and I said, wow, you know, what are we going to do on our second date? And she said, I don't date. And then I heard these words from my soul flowing through my physical mouth. Well, then I guess we'll just have to get married. And that's a condensed version of a, a really fun story <laughs> that we uh, lived together, uh, experienced together at the beginning of our relationship.
0: Well, that's something, Well, I, I think that five days roughing it would really, um, you can learn a lot about a person. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that's, right. that's exactly right. Probably, probably not many married couples who <laughs> would be able to go through that um, and survive, and the marriage survive, so um what well, you know, now...
2: I, what I experienced the, the night we met at the Phoenician resort is I experienced Marcus come in the building I didn't know that was him at the moment but we um our our friends and my, we were sitting and he was the last one to come to the table and mm-hmm. I felt an energy come in the building that was so profound. Now, I've had a lot of, uh, phenomena happen to me and, and I'm really well aware of energy that, that is around me and in my, my environment. So I felt this energy come in and it was really strong. And I was casually looking around thinking, well, where is this coming from? <laughs> and I had pitch focused on the conversation, and Marcus walked up to the table, and I looked up, and the energy was him, and it he literally took my breath away. I could not breathe. Hmm. So fortunately, I knew he'd read my book and knew more about me. So I said, well, what's your story? I know you know mine. And he began to speak. Thank goodness, so I could then breathe. It was <laughs> quite profound. You know, I knew this connection was important. It was more than just meeting an attractive person, um, you know, that we've all gone through that experience of, oh, isn't she cute, isn't she pretty kind of attention. But this was so strong, I thought, what's this all about?
0: So we discovered Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good, well, you know it's wonderful you know, and you know the the ability to um read or, or discern energy i think is is such um an important aspect to our potential that we have uh, that I think is just really underutilized and um, I know, I I, I was the, the type who had a real hard time when it came to, like, recognizing when my guys were talking to me. You know, it was just, you know, and and I had a reading once, and the, the woman said, well, you know, they're talking to you all the time, they say, but you're not listening, <laughs> you know. So, so I was the mm-hmm. kind that really had a, had difficulty discerning, like, like you had that, that man's voice <laughs> when when you saw Jesus. Um, I, really, I had difficulty discerning the... You know the internal talk from the inspired talk, inspired language of talk. Um, as I work with it, you know, you get better at it. But I'm, for for people who, you know, um, find it difficult, that that that's something that can be developed. Correct?
2: Absolutely. And I think we have a tendency that things are. Uh, it, we'll hear it differently, but Clairaudian information, and that's what you're talking about, is that inner mm-hmm. mind hearing messages. And I work with people all the time that are opening in that in, in that way, and many other ways. Because when this all started happening happening to me, I didn't have a message. you know this was a long time ago, and and. These kinds of things weren't openly spoken about. And so, yeah. angels taught me, you know, Theo taught me how to work with their energy and, and so it was an, it's been an ongoing process of education for me even today. But now is yeah. the time that I'm witnessing because, you know, you can sit in a coffee shop, you can go to your Starbucks, And you can overhear a conversation similar to what we're having. And we didn't used to do that. You know, this is now because so many people are having experiences, they're, they're getting messages, they're, they're using their empathetic knowledge that, you know, our bodies are biggest receptors energetically, viscerally. And we, we begin using that. At birth, a baby begins to realize from the the energy that's around them if they're safe in their environment. We all learn that because our body speaks to us about that. We know when we're in danger. You know, it's a natural thing. Well, all these abilities are our nature. They're natural to us. And that's what I've discovered over the years. We've just talked ourselves out of it or we've taken the opinion of others that says, No, you can't do that. You're not
0: even Yeah, do that. yeah.
2: And so yeah. We're now we're discovering our nature.
0: Yeah. Well the one thing that that I've learned through the twelve years of doing the show and having a lot of guests who have kind of awakened their 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 sense her perspective of, of awakening to perspective has has shifted when they have that personal experience. Like a, a doctor who would not have, you know, really focused on the afterlife, and all of a sudden maybe having a near-death experience or having some kind of experience that that fundamentally changes their perspective because it happened to them. <laughs> you know, it's one of those. And so, like when you mentioned that more and more people are having those experiences, to me, it just um seems that you know mm-hmm. not only are people having the experiences but they're talking about it so and and in talking right. about it, you open up you, you you know open the gate to be able to talk about it you know and uh so now in you know don't I'm don't we see we see
2: it in, in movies. We hear oh, yeah. even newscasters talking about, oh, I channeled that information. I've heard a newscaster say that now and again. And it makes me smile because Theo years ago told me this awakening would start showing up in media, in films. It would be a conversation that's not off-putting. Now, for some it is, but it's mm-hmm. a time... Ton- well, to your point, it's because people are having their own
1: experience.
2: And, Marcus, I love that saying, that Susie's saying, what is it that you
1: always tell me? Oh, I, you know, there's a great saying, Robert, that only a fool believes another's word over their own experience. And and that that's one of our mantras, you know, in terms of really having your belief system and what I would consider a knowing system, you know, completely determined by the, the experiences that we have. Nobody can ever talk us out of the experiences that we have. And I think that spirituality, uh, true, authentic spirituality, is very experiential. You know, that's what it's all about. And that's what's so cool about living in this time that we're living in right now. As Theo says, the veils between the dimensions are thinning in this fifth dimensional energy that we're living in right now. It's an extraordinary time to be alive. And it's a, really an extraordinary time for the extraordinary to become our new ordinary. You know, and that's what we yeah. see, uh, you know, unfolding for, for most everyone who comes into our Ask Theo community and to work with Theo and engage with our, with Theo's teachings and, and enter into mentoring programs or whatever it might be to join us in some way. That's basically one of the things, one of the, the commonalities that everybody has that we're having experiences that cannot be quantified with our our five senses or our third dimensional linear reality anymore. You know, we're moving into a much more fun, kind of magical expression of being human.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's certainly changing. And now with that, um, you know, in the book you indicate that um, you know, humanity is shifting into that new era of consciousness. So, what makes relationships um, so important to to, to the point of of writing the book, The Art of Relationship?
1: Well, we asked Theo uh, a few years ago, Robert, what would you like us to focus on? What color of life would you like us to focus our next book and audio book and online program, and, you know, we're doing a whole video course of this as well, uh, coming out in in 2023, and uh, they said without even a moment's hesitation, relationships. And, you know, Theo's teachings are all about the relationship to the self, loving the self, understanding that any thought or belief that we hold about ourselves or any feeling that we have about ourselves that is not aligned with our true nature, which is that we are, in fact, unconditional love itself. So if, if, if we know that every thought that we have that isn't aligned with that or belief that we hold that isn't aligned with us as being in our natural state, who we really are, as these unbelievably loving divine beings having a human experience, like Sheila said, it, 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 are just not true. And if you know that these thoughts and beliefs are not true and you understand where they – what the genesis is of these beliefs and thoughts, you can repattern and reshift uh, or shift and rewrite the script on on these beliefs that people hold about themselves that are non-loving into very, very uh, powerful and profound beliefs of loving the self and and beliefs of empowerment where we don't any longer have to feel – experience, the resistance, the fear, the lack of trust, the unlovability, you know, those things that people feel about themselves because we're human beings, we're, you know, giving us tools to move beyond that and move into a much higher vibration of truly loving the self at the deepest possible level. And that's what yeah. the book is all about, quite well, like, frankly.
0: Yeah, well, you know, asking Theo what, you know, what to right about and, and coming up with relationships. Um, at least the CEO has never incarnated in human form. So um, how is it that, you know, they feel schooled to be able to talk about relationship, human relationships, without having been human?
2: Well, that's interesting because Marcus asked him that question. How do you know? Right, and what they said was, "We're very keen observers.
0: So they've
2: been watching this for centuries, as sure. you can
0: imagine." Yeah, well, you know, and you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I mean, just a, as we watch, you know, interactions between people, we we learn a lot, you know. So I, I can see where that would be the case, and you know, the the one thing that I. Um, often looked at with channeled information is the ability to take that information and apply it in the practical world, you know. Um, so, what would, would you say that would be maybe um, an example of, of, of a of CO teaching a message that there was a message and then how one would apply that message in their
1: day-to-day life?
2: Well, Theo Theo has created a process and has been teaching people for several decades. And it's called soul integration, the soul integration process. And it changing the limiting beliefs that we hold about ourselves that are simply untrue. So as people take that information and apply it to their lives, it changes the trajectory of their lives forever. And I've been a student of it since they've been speaking. And it's really true because we adopt, Opinions about ourselves that are very unlovable, that we have a belief of not being worthy. And Mm -hmm. it's how to shift that belief and know that you're, as Theo talks about, as magnificent beings, each and every one of us. And of course, we don't see ourselves that way. We have this belief that we're not worthy of. Money, love, health, whatever might be our challenge. And when we change that belief, even a little bit, it's changing our perception. It can change the trajectory of our life. It's like the thermostat in our house. If we change the thermostat either up or down, even a couple of degrees, it changes our whole environment. But when we change our thinking and change our minds and lay new neural pathways and rewrite the script of those beliefs about ourselves, then we can have the life we dreamed of, the life we want to live, rather than holding ourselves back. So there's a huge application of these teachings in our real-world, real-life experience. Wouldn't you agree, Marcus?
1: No, I do, and, I, and as you're saying that, Sheila, sure, I'm thinking about how the relationship that we have with ourselves informs completely every other relationship in our lives. And in the book, we we, we spend actually three of the first four chapters are, are about loving the self, how loving yourself changes everything, about the soul integration process that Sheila was just describing, Robert, and, and, and it gets into the the actual how-to. It's a simple yet incredibly profound. Uh, process that she was talking about. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's really about, you know, uh, you, you can't give that what you don't feel or know about yourself, right? You cannot give really genuinely unconditionally love others unless you unconditionally love yourself. And the, the simple process that Theo teaches, you know, is designed for us to be able to identify the core circumstances. Uh, some people talk about it being, um, well, once you've identified the core circumstance, then you can go with that awareness and the knowledge that that belief isn't true about you. It's just something that you adopted from from other people's uh, uh, beliefs of you, or some experience that you had where the belief was adopted. And it could be from this lifetime, or it could be from previous incarnations. Some people talk about it being a uh, sounding a little bit like shadow work or inner child work, uh, or little child work, if you will, from this lifetime, and that is true. There are uh, overtones of that for sure. Uh, some people say it sounds like shamanic soul retrieval, and it is that as well because these are fragmented aspects of the soul. However, the secret sauce, Robert, is the multidimensionality, understanding who we really are, you know, remembering essentially who we really are, and in that remembrance And in that awareness and in that shift into loving the self, all the feelings of uh, distrust, lack, resistance, fear, not-enoughnesses, they dissolve. And we can move forward in making decisions and and taking the action steps necessary to live a life we love.
0: Wow. That's great. Gosh, we're, we're already halfway through the show. Marcus, this is going very fast. Um, I'm gonna take just a, a quick 90 second break. Um, and then when we come back from break, um many of us think that happiness is the goal in relationships, but your book challenges that. So when we come back from break, I'd like to find out what would be the goal then, okay?
1: Sure. Great. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Everyone, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, radio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc., and we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Hello dear everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guests are Marcus and Sheila Gillette, and we're talking about their new book, The Art of Relationship, Discover the Magic of Unconditional Love. Um, And again, you can find out more about the work that they do by visiting the website, which is asktheo.com. Okay, with that, we're back to Marcus and Sheila. It's
2: good to be back.
0: It's good to be okay. back with you. Excuse me. And now, um, you, did, you did mention that your book is due to be released is it next next week? So would you mind telling us a little bit about the book? And I understand you have bonuses for those who would pre-order.
1: We we do, yeah. At asktheo.com. dot uh, com, there is a, an opportunity to pre-order. Uh, the book will be released on September twenty first, uh, and The the bonuses include a a live uh, Meet Theo and Meet Us launch party, a a virtual uh, launch party we're going to do. We've got a a guided meditation. We've got got some goodies in there for our our community that are pre-ordering the book. And, um, yeah, we're super excited to get it out and uh, share Theo's teachings uh, with the world, Robert.
0: Great. Good. 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 Now, um, as I mentioned before the break, uh, most of us think happiness is the goal of relationships. Um, And many of us work toward that. So, but but your book says something different. So, would you mind kind of uh, giving us your perspective on what that goal should be instead?
2: It's being comfortable in our own skin. You know, happiness is relative to material things or experiences, but wanting peace, to be comfortable, knowing on the inner that no matter what challenge might happen in our life, that we're strong and we can do whatever we need to do. And there's that thinner soul-centeredness that Theo talks about. And yes, it can feel happy, it can feel joyful, but... I like the word peace because I know in my life I've been not peaceful in my being. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, it just, it, it takes the, I'm going to say it takes the anxiety out of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's that solid State of knowing that you're strong enough to do anything. It's confidence. It's a feeling of confidence. Wouldn't you agree, Marcus?
1: I, I would. And I would add, yeah, yeah absolutely, all that. Uh, and if you think about it in terms of energy, well, and don't get us wrong, Robert, we love being happy as much as anybody. <laughs> and uh, you know, so they, you know what Sheila talks about it being relative or condition based, you know, based upon something happening, happening for us to be happy or to us to be happy. Um, you know, there's certain things that happen in life and they make us happy, but when they don't happen, are we are we still in that state of joy and are we still in that vibration of of, of loving the self so deeply, feeling that sense of peace and calm and You know, that, that, uh, like Sheila said, the soul-centered nature of who we really are, uh, it's indescribable. It's really hard to describe it even uh, in terms of, you know, putting words to just an overall feeling of being super comfy in our skin and knowing all is well and being that eye in the storm, if you will, you know, in 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 the center of the hurricane going on around us. I would liken it to a vibrational frequency because Theo tells us that's who we are. We are energy. So as we raise our vibrational frequency, you can think about it as a a, uh, a a dial-on-a-radio, you know, frequency. Uh, And As you arc it up and arc it up, you become more and more of, of a natural vibrational state of being, which is what Theo's been talking about, a state of being of unconditional love, not a feeling, not an emotion. It's just the way we are, and, in fact, it's who we really are. It's who we truly, truly are. It's who we... Will return into when we leave here in the birth, the birth process that Theo talks about, because it's only form that changes, uh, and that energy is constant, it's eternal, and, and that's who we are on a soul level. So, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's, it's not conditional anymore. We don't have to have things, certain specific outcomes in life, uh, for us to feel that that happiness and that joy, because we are already that before that even happens. Yeah. If that makes that, sense. That, that, oh yeah,
0: that would it, and it would certainly do away with um worry, um fear, um a, a lot of the things that that hold people back, um, you know, from from expressing themselves fully. Um now over the Year's Sheila, I mean you've been doing this since I guess, like you said five decades. <laughs> um has CEOs have your interactions with Theo, the content, has it shifted um, over the decades as, um, as you yourself kind of grew, but also as, you know, the collective consciousness grew? Has Theo like maybe given you things when you're ready, quote, when you're ready, you know, kind of help things out and you're okay, now let's tell her about this kind of thing. Has, has that ever happened?
2: Oh yes. Yes. It's been a continual expansion because when we're ready they they expand the information. It's been like that. Um, you know, it's kind of like being in earth school where you know you don't give a, a kindergarten um calculus.
0: Right? <laughs>
2: okay. So uh-huh. so as we opened up They began teaching us, and then as there has been this evolution of awakening that's happening, and this is a time of huge consciousness shift, as we're ready, they expand the information. They give us more. And Marcus, I love your saying, I'm going to ask you to say it, about our questioning, how important that is.
1: Well, yeah, you know that exactly. It, 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 it To your question, and Theo sure hit it right on the head. It's it's a matter of what, how highly calibrated are our questions? Our questions, you know, the, the depth and the breadth of Theo's knowledge is unlimited. So it's really the information that comes forth, and it's all question activated. Theo doesn't seem to have an agenda. They want they want to respond to and assist us based upon the questions we ask and what we're interested in in life. And, uh, you know, the the, de- the depth and breadth of the questioning, of the, of the answers, rather, that come forth are determined only by the intellect, the intellect, the curiosity, and the imagination of those that are doing the asking. So it really kind of boils down to what do you want to know, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, certainly we see life segmented into multiple pillars of life, in which, uh, you know, relationships, health, Uh, love, romantic love, money, professional satisfaction, um, you know, personal, uh, uh, you know, love of self, and and so forth. And so those are the areas in which we we focus on because those are the areas in which people are asking about. They want to know more for their own own enjoyment, their own knowledge, their own wisdom, you know, experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would think that – you know, you get what you you get an answer to what you asked for. But um now for each I'd like for each of you to answer this. Um, has CEO ever given you a response that kind of surprised you or was like just not what you expected? And we'll start with mm-hmm. Market.
1: Oh, you go first on that one, Sheila. I okay. gotta <laughs> <laughs> I got to think about that. <laughs> well, you know,
2: over over all these years, probably um, to put me on the spot and say what was it I can not oh. tell you? Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, of course, you know, of course there are things that that I, I would say daily because we do this work daily. Yeah. Um, and in our classes as they're expanding our awareness in our mentoring program, because we can't think of all the questions, so we have people asking, and, um, you know, I'm always engaging in learning something new with them every time they speak.
1: So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm really I'm Yeah, re- I'm re- yeah. Re- yeah, re- yeah. Re- i I just, I just, just going to add, in, in answering that question, i sorry to interrupt you, Robert, the uh, yeah, she goes right on. And, and what, where, where we are surprised, and this happens all the time, where people will ask a question, or even I'll ask a question, expecting a particular answer, and I won't get mm-hmm. the answer that I want, but I'll get the answer that I need, right? So, <laughs> okay. I think people are often surprised. I'll give you an example of, of something that Theo says sometimes It surprises when they're talking about. Uh, for instance, this is an example. Someone will say, well, is there a, a, a bad karma, let's just say, for those that commit suicide? So, you know, is there bad karma for those that commit suicide? And the answer will be no. There's no such thing as karma, number one. It's only opportunities for growth. But more importantly is that every death is a suicide. Every death is determined by the soul. However it is we choose to leave and go, move back into our multidimensionality, our full soul, is a choice by the soul. So there's no difference from uh, however anybody, if anybody's soul chooses to leave, uh, you know, there's no judgment in that, but a lot of people judge suicide as an example, which is, you know, something lesser than. That. So that's an example of the kinds of things that you'll hear Theo say sometimes that are that are uh, surprising, I guess you could
2: say. Well, yeah. you know what I what would say Kim? to that, Marcus? They even prefaced that when they made that statement about it. Yeah. Yeah. They said, this is going to shock you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going shocking. yeah.
2: Yeah, they, this is
1: shocking.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and that's you know, it's, it's good. It's good that, first thing you get that whole... Little heads up you know you know pay attention to what's coming back you know um but I, I you know i i just i think that though I love that um answer um because you know the, when it comes to suicide i've you know I've just um, I've had you know people on who have um you know, come up to the line, and and then I've I've had conversations with you know guests who some of their relationships, people who they were in a relationship with in some sort, have crossed that particular line, and um it and it's um and it's good to um rec- I think it's good to recognize the fact that that you know there is no judgment you know and and that will you know like you say in shock probably some religious folk who you know, do have a, a dogmatic um, perspective of, of it being wrong. Um but uh I I, I, I just love that answer. So next time that comes up, if any of my future conversations with anybody, you know, regarding suicide that's I'm, I'm gonna pass uh the you, you know a tidbit of, of knowledge on uh, interventions as well. So um well, that's that's good to know. Now you you mentioned um uh, the people who are in workshops and, and when it comes time to asking questions, he took questions in the book, um, you know, the conversations between Marcus and, and you, Sheila, and then also Marcus and Theo, and then those with participants. So how did you decide to put, the, I mean, the mechanics of the book? How did How did that, Kind of come together. What were your thoughts in putting together with all of those different um, types of interactions?
1: Well, that's a really, really good question and a good observation, Robert. Uh, we we attempt in the book to to weave a narrative throughout the book, so that it's a book full of stories and 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 you know, Theo's wisdom on the topic of relationships, all relationships in our lives. And we knew that when you listen to Theo teaching in response to my questions, we knew that by virtue of bringing in uh, other uh, uh, guests who have had one-on-one sessions with Theo that were filmed live during an Art of Relationship retreat, uh, or retreats, I should say, actually, we chose, I believe we chose, 14 different, uh, 13 or 14 different experiences, one-on-one experiences that were specifically about the topic that we were talking about in that particular chapter. And then, in addition to having that dialogue and, and writing a, an introduction and kind of setting up the the conversation that Theo was having with somebody live in a, in a retreat in front of a live audience. Those that were kind enough to come in, and we give quite a bit of gratitude to them in the book, to share their, their, their own personal experience with Theo, also then write about how that experience unfolded for them in their lives, how their lives were transformed as a result of having that teaching and that personal experience with Theo. And we do this throughout the whole book, and we get it for the benefit of not just being able to listen to Theo teach or read Theo's responses to, to, to all the questions that are asked in the book, but maybe for the reader to see themselves, or perhaps someone they know and love who has similar relationship challenges or aspirations in others' And it's also quite compelling when the video program comes out because you'll see those people live at a, at a live retreat in front of a live audience on the video program in addition to Sheila and I and Theo talking as well. So we felt that it, was, it would up the personal experience and the engagement with the teachings by having people share their own you know, personal experiences and also uh, the follow-up to that as well yeah well that
0: that does help you know because i I think you know particularly with subject the subject matter that that you are dealing with relationships um people are going to want to um examine their relationships based on what what they've learned you know and do that evaluation and 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 along that line um now your book talks about how or tells people are um Give people examples of um, how to establish and maintain great relationships, um, even romantic ones. So, you know, and people can, you know, give the book to kind of, they're looking for a relationship, figure that one out. But one of the things that kind of struck me that I like to talk a little bit about is the fact of sometimes, you know, relationships break up, <laughs> you know, and sometimes relationships aren't healthy for one person. So, in your book, in, in, in Chapter 6, you talk about honorable separation. So, if you would, um, give us um, your perspective on, you know, relationship, uh, when it's time for a relationship to end, and how to do that honorably, like like you mentioned. So, can you tell us a little bit about how breaking up is hard to do, <laughs> kind of a...
2: Well, what I would say, Robert, is um, that come together. We've made an agreement. We've made a relational contract with another. And Mm -hmm. to honor that relationship, because we've each chosen to be there, is to look for the blessings and gifts we've given each other in the sense of our Growth and our confidence and, and things that have expanded us. The new paradigm in relationships that he was talking about is preference, not need. And most of us have gone into relationships with expectations that have been unmet for us before, and so mm-hmm. and expect another person to provide that. You know, it's kind of like. Our subconscious is, it is thinking, oh, I, know, I feel and see the wound, wounds in you, and if I fix you, you'll fix mine, right? It's really mm-hmm. an inside-out job. And so oftentimes when those expectations go unmet in relationships, and we begin to get angry at the other person. Not giving us what we need from them. And None. we don't communicate. You know, we just expect them to, to read our minds. Or we've run the course of what our contract has said we've come to learn from each other. It's not right or wrong, good or bad, it just happens. But mm-hmm. in that, um, in the honoring of that person, And the growth that has happened, we don't have to go into the place which has been an old way that we've all done. in any kind of relationship breakup, whether it's a friend or a a primary partner, we tend to pick, nitpick, pick out things that make us angry or frustrate us Mm -hmm. and make that the focal point. And, and get into blame, because then we can inside feel really angry. And rather than feel the grief and sadness of, of the release of the relationship, which we want to not feel, anger is a good substitute. And so, and then we can feel not that sadness. And so we, we get in this blaming of, place with each other, that in an honorable separation we don't have to do that. We can honor the other person for gifts they given us and ourselves for what we've shown them because, and, and I'm talking in general about general relationships. We do right. know that there are other kinds of relationships that are violent or abusive or those things mm-hmm. that are but I'm talking about general relationships that have run the course, that the right. contract complete. We don't have to go into that negative space. We can tell the truth. We can communicate. But we don't have to be angry. And that's easy for me to okay. say. You know, I know it's harder <laughs> to do. But if we can do that, I love, Marcus. how you say do an honorable separation. And you can speak to this too, Marcus. If we do it honorably and with love and consideration and compassion, we don't carry all that angst and that patterning into our next relationship.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and if you just, it's not even a dotted line that so you draw from the, how we end one relationship to how we begin another. It's a direct, bold line. That uh, has every so how we begin, and by the way, this isn't just romantic. This could be in in business. This could be friendships. But how we end one relationship completely determines how we're going to start another. If, if you have that, if it's all energy, and it is that energy of blame and anger and old ways, it's just going to carry in, to, and, and, and you're going to that energy is going to is going to. Uh, have a significant impact on how that next relationship goes. And this is particularly true in romantic relationships, by the way, where you don't – we have a a client of ours who talks about – came into one of our programs and said, I just want to clean up my side of the street. He was going through relationship challenges in in his primary relationship. I just want to clean up my side of the street. I want to be clean emotionally. I want to have dealt with my stuff so I can know that I'm in the highest integrity when I – when I get out of this relationship and move into the next. So it has everything to do with it. And uh, to mm-hmm. his point, the old paradigm, it doesn't work anymore, and it doesn't create happy endings. It doesn't create happy beginnings. And we end up then just typically by not by virtue of not taking responsibility for our own emotional maturity, we end up repeating the same negative self-sabotaging behaviors from one relationship to the next.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, it is, it's, it, it is, um you know, I, just think that if it, we did focus on that, um, unconditional love aspect and, and not having relationships built on need, but, but, but I think you said preference or, or you know, desire or just, um, what, what is, um uh, positive and fulfilling, you know, for, for both. Part of the relationship is key. Um, remember not, remember yeah, the love. Was,
1: remember remember the love that was in, that was there at some at, at some point in time, and focus on that instead of uh, you know instead of the, the the negative stuff. And and to what Sheila was just talking about earlier, Robert, it's all about it's all about owning and feeling unpleasant emotions. We, yeah. we try to just stuff them down and move to anger because anger is more acceptable.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, guys, we're down to the last few minutes. So, um, from each of you, would you, um, tell the listeners or, you know, what, what is it, what is it that you hope that they will take away from eating, from reading, um, the art of relationship? Start with you, Sheila, I guess.
2: Okay, um, well, the intention in my mind, that you come away with a pearl of wisdom that you can apply to your life that makes it better and makes you a better person in in your life. You know, um, it always makes us feel good when we do something or we're around somebody that makes us want to be our best selves. That's what I hope this book does for everybody who
1: reads that. Yeah, I would just add the, the knowledge, the awareness that you are you are divinity, you, you are amazing, you are lovable, that you have it all within you, that it's all an inside-out job, that you walk away with tools to be able to clearly be able to apply, and there's, there's many, many of them in the book, and you can apply to your life, it will make you feel more peace, more comfort, more confidence, more clarity, uh, less fear, you know, and, and, and worry and, you know, all the all the things that we typically walk through life, you know, feeling. And, and, and we don't have to do that anymore. You know, we just want people to walk away from the book knowing how amazing they really are. And I'll tell you, you know, I'll just, I'll just conclude that this statement from Theo, uh they say that if we could see you, or, or if you could see yourself as, as we see you, as Theo sees you, there would be no discontent, only joy and love. And I think that if we can walk away from the book with a sense of seeing ourselves and knowing ourselves as Theo does, uh, life's going to change significantly.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. And you know, it's one of the things that I thought, you know, because as I was going through and reading the information, and then reflected back to the, the title, the art of relationship. But to me, it it just seems that was like the paint of an artist. You know, that that you're you're given the the colors and, and the vibrance, and you paint your relationship masterpiece however you want. To 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 do that and um and it is it's a creation uh, um that you have to be actively involved in.
2: That's absolutely true, Robert. I love I love the way you spoke to that because relationships are an art, aren't they?
0: Mm hmm. They, and, are,
2: they and, are and in all all technical <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 Well, I want to thank you both for your time today. I really enjoyed speaking with you. I enjoyed reading um, your book, The Art of Relationship. It's eye uh, it's opening and, and, and as you said, talking, heart opening. So, thank you very much for your time today. It's been a
1: pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're. You're very welcome. And um, everyone, um, again, you can find out more about um, Sheila and Marcus Gillette's work by visiting Mm -hmm. their website, Ask And on their website, also, you'll be able to see links to their social media um, platforms that they use, and you can connect with them there. I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth Show. And until we meet again, Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bite Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.